Hi, everybody. You're listening to the New Dayton Podcast. I'm your host, Chip James, and I'm setting out to shine a light on some of the amazing things happening in and around our great city. On the podcast, you'll hear from exciting people who see Dayton as a city of opportunity and are taking an active role in creating a new Dayton where small businesses and individuals can thrive. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's get to today's episode. So excited to be downtown again today. And we are on location at uh, Old Scratch Pizza. Is it Old Scratch or Old Scratch Pizza? You know what? what yes. What's the official yes. title? Old Scratch Pizza. It is. Old Scratch Pizza. Even though on the sign outside it says Old Scratch Pizza and Beer. Yeah. So we just want to make that clear. We have beer. <laughs> but uh, Old Scratch Pizza. Okay. That's what we want to call ourselves. So we are on Patterson at Old Scratch Pizza. And uh, we're going to have a great conversation today with Eric Solar. And so as I was prepping for this... I don't know how well we, I don't know how much we really prepped you for what is this podcast, why is it, but you are one of the most ideal guests to have. Honestly, if I wow. was creating my season one must-haves, okay, so I'm not just I'm not just blowing smoke. You are on that list, and here's why: so many people talk about the heyday of Dayton. They talk about when Dayton was cool or when it was thriving, right? And they go to either 100 years ago mm-hmm. or decades ago. If, if there was a podcast in the 60s in Dayton, uh, you know, about businesses and people who were making the town exciting, there probably would have been a pizza interview or two. Yeah. Well, in 2019 and 2020, um, there isn't a, a pizza spot in town that I hear people talk about more than Old Scratch. That's great to hear. <laughs> what do you think about that? I, it's, I mean, I, I love to hear that. Uh, it's... You know, when you start something like this, you have a dream, you have a hope that mm-hmm. it's going to catch on. It could also go horribly wrong. I mean, most of most restaurants do. Right. And um, so when I hear that kind of thing, that people talk about it all the time, or everybody says, oh, I hear everybody talking about old scratch. I mean, gosh, I mean, I'm so grateful, yeah. you know, but that's what I would say, you know, about Dayton, I would say Dayton has been really kind to us. Right. You know, so I think it's, I think it's great. Yeah. You could have opened it anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Yeah. I mean, there's all, yes, there's all sorts of places we could open it, but we probably talk at some point about why I opened it here, but which I'm sure you'll ask. Yeah. So why did you open it here? No, good question. (laughs) Um, you know, I, uh, before I started this, uh, I've always been in the restaurant business in one way or another. I worked for another sort of iconic, um, Dayton regional business, which was Hobart. Hobart, make pizza mixers and slicers and that kind of stuff. And I worked in Troy. I live in Oakwood. Um, I had this idea that I wanted to do this kind of a restaurant. I traveled around a lot. I had, I ate a lot of pizza. I had a lot of ideas about what this could be. And I commuted every day and drove past this building Hmm. every day. And so I would get off at the Perry street exit and I would come down Stout street past this building. And it was, nothing i mean it was there was nothing just vacant it's just a vacant building it had been vacant for about 15 years oh wow and uh well they were storing used appliances in here that's what they were doing so i would uh i would i would drive past this every day and i i saw a couple of places in other cities that were in sort of low slung industrial buildings that were 
called Class B or C or right. D real estate. Right. And I, uh, um, I, and as soon as I went to a couple of these places and I kept seeing that this building, I thought, man, this this could this could be it. This could be huh. definitely the place that it would happen. It was a it was a stretch, but um, it worked out. Right. That's so. awesome. So in two thousand in the fall of two thousand sixteen. Yeah, October 2016. You yep, opened we up. Opened. So at what point did you and your wife Stephanie yep. have not just like the idea, like one day we should do this, but right. at what point did it become part of your daily or <laughs> weekly lives of planning it and really trying to launch it? Uh, probably about 18 months before that, okay. two years before that, we were. I was actively working on it trying to secure locate secure the location trying to find money right. you know all of those kinds of things that you do when you open a business and uh, um, it was something that I always joke that I I've been trying I've always been in the restaurant business right. my whole life I mean I've always been in restaurants one way or another I eventually got a real job right. <laughs> you know, and went and worked for a big company like Hobart. Right. And uh, I always joked that for like 20 years, I've been trying to not open a restaurant. Okay. You know, and eventually I just had this idea that I couldn't get out of my head and a way to do it that made sense to me um, and something I was passionate about. And, uh, um, and that's, you know, about a couple of years before we started, before we opened is when we really started getting active about really pursuing it. Okay. And you met Stephanie at the New England Culinary Institute, correct? Yeah, we yeah, we went to yeah, we went to culinary school together. Right. Kind of, there was a part of there was a part of school where we were we met and uh, um, we uh, um, it's in Vermont and uh, it was a great time of our lives and I you know it's interesting the thing about it is we were roommates. We moved in together the first day we ever met. We've never not lived together oh, since wow. the very first day we've ever met. And so uh, um, but at New England Culinary Institute is where that happened. Okay. Yeah. And as you're sort of creating the idea or coming up with this idea, you're living in Oakwood at the time. Mm -hmm. And are you, so a lot of people we talk to, they saw a void, right? Just like any, any business or not any, but a lot of businesses, a lot of entrepreneurs, they see a void in a marketplace or in a location and they try to fill that void. Mm -hmm. So Brett from Press, Felt like Dayton was this great town. He loved Dayton, but it was lacking specialty coffee. Okay. Yeah. And he wanted to fill that void. Was there a little bit of that for you? I mean, there's there's pizza everywhere. Yeah. There's no shortage of pizza. Right. But there's is, not old scratch pizza. Yeah. There. I mean, there definitely was uh, a feeling that this particular type of pizza that now I love all kinds of pizza. There's no kind of pizza I don't like. Okay. But this type of pizza that I particularly love, this sort of Neapolitan style of pizza didn't really exist in Dayton. It doesn't really exist a lot of places. I mean, even other places that have wood-burning ovens aren't really doing like what we would call a Neapolitan-style pizza. And so that didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And I thought that people would be interested in that. More than anything, it was, you know, pizza was um, a vehicle to open the kind of place that I wanted to go to on a Sunday afternoon, right. you know, like we would get up on a Sunday afternoon and be like, where do we want to go eat? I just couldn't think of any place that felt what at the time, what I, the, the void that I thought was we were missing was ultra premium. So all of the ingredients are super premium. Everything is super fresh. Everything is, 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 is made by hand. Um, a sense of real professionalism around the environment and the mm -hmm. staff. 
but at the same time, ultra casual. So ultra premium and ultra casual at the mm. same time was sort of the void that I was wanting because I want to go out and I want to have great food. Yeah, I like that idea. But I also want a place that I can go with at the time, my seven-year-old, mm. and he's okay to be here and people, other people are okay with him being here. And, um, and so it was that, that was as much the void that I was trying to fill as much as anything else. And pizza was the sort of large format. Right. Thing that I think that everybody can get behind. So, you know, it's also, uh, um, you know, pizza and beer. Who right. doesn't like pizza and beer? Yeah, good friends of mine, Tim and Amanda, they bring their kids here quite often. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we joke sometimes, you, when you come from the suburbs mm-hmm. to Old Scratch, you may pass 25 pizza restaurants or so, chains or whatever, on yeah. the way. Right. But you, you have your eyes set on Old Scratch and I asked them to tell me why that is for them particularly. And they said, well, we never feel guilty about our kids. Yeah. And it's funny that that's, whether it was in the back of your mind or the front of your mind, you created that. Well, it's weird. I think a couple of interesting things happened. I mean, I, I was, um, I was uh, I, your business becomes whatever your customers decide that it is. You know, sure. and I probably had a different vision of what it was going to be in the beginning. I probably thought it was going to be more like, you know, downtown hipsters and college kids and that kind of stuff. And what it really turned out to be was a family restaurant. Wow. And I think that a couple things happened. I think that we put some video games in. I think that helped. I think that um, we, 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 when we first started, we put, we were going to put these large tables in, you know, these big tables. And the mm-hmm. thing that people would tell me over and over again is nobody wants to sit at big communal tables together in Dayton, Ohio, <laughs> which is so common other places around the country. And I just, it's another philosophy I have. I just don't believe that things that are super popular in other places in the world just aren't going to translate right. to Dayton, Ohio. Work. It's not like we're aliens here and right. people don't get things. So, but what those big tables created was it created a place that people wanted to bring families. You know, I thought I originally envisioned a bunch of college kids sitting around a table drinking beer. Mm -hmm. But what it ended up being was people wanting to bring their big families here and knowing that at any time, I mean, that's one of the things I think that hit for people is you got six, seven, eight people, some of them kids, some of them adults, where are you really going to go? Where are you really going to go that you're going to feel like the kids are welcome, the food is great, everybody's going to find something that they like, you know, it's, tough i mean it's yeah. it's a, that's a tough market and so i think that that's the that's the niche that we filled that i didn't know we were going to fill that um that was different than just like we need a particular type of pizza in dayton it yeah. was really we're going to be this place that everybody in the family want you know everybody in the family wants to i really like the the notion of what you said and help me you said it was casual but ultra premium premium and you. ultra casual right i mean it's sort of you know i <laughs> Ironically, you know, if we look at our, some of our reviews, one of the things we get great reviews about is our service. Hmm. And, um, and part of that is because we hire great people, I think. Um, but I think it's also ironic because we don't give a lot of, I mean, we, uh-huh. we, we do give service. I mean, the parts of the service experience that we provide are done really well. Right. But you get your own drinks and you get your own, you know, you stand up and wait in mm-hmm. a line and get your food. Um, so that sort of ultra casual experience appeals to me like that's i i i want to sort of create my own experience you know and not deal with a server creating my experience so it's something that 
I think other people has, I think it appeals to other people as well. Yeah. I'm really familiar with Neapolitan style pizza. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite kind of pizza. Yeah. But for those uh, people listening who hear that or Naples style or wood fired ovens, Yep. How does that, or maybe you can even tell me, why do I like that more <laughs> than regular pizza? Um, for me, the re well, what Neapolitan style is, is, I mean, there's actually, we're not, we don't, there's actually a governing body that decides whether or not you're Neapolitan pizza that huh. actually exists in the world. We're not members of it, but okay. if we were to apply, we do everything this, the way that you're supposed to, which is you can only have a certain number of ingredients in your you can only have flour, water, yeast, and salt. That's it. Mm. Very simple. Um, you only have one size of pizza. It's about 12 inches, which is what we have. Okay. Um, so you check both those boxes? Yes, we do those things. You have to prepare them in a particular type of oven at a particular temperature. So you have to do them in a domed oven mm -hmm. at, uh, with only wood at a particular temperature uh, around 800, 850 degrees. Wow. Um, which is much hotter than a traditional restaurant oven. Which would be what? So uh, someone uh, orders a pizza from a chain. What's that oven like? 550, 600. Okay. So, and the, our pizza is about 850 on the floor where, where the pizza sits, and it's about 1,000 degrees at the wow. roof of the oven. Wow. So, um, and then I think the reason that people like it and the reason that I like it is that a lot of pizza from other pizza styles are really um, very... Uh, I mean, heavy, you know, you eat a pizza, you eat a 12 inch pizza, a chain restaurant or other styles of pizza. And you're just like, you're, you're done, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're stuffed. Yeah. And you know, you can eat a margarita pizza here and feel okay. Uh -huh. You know I mean? It's very yep. fresh and light. And I think that, uh, but, but the other thing that makes it, the reason I like it so much is it's the cleanness of flavors, right? I mean, our tomatoes are simply, are simply they're grown in California, but a particular type of, of uh, um, tomato called their San Marzano. And they're just, it's very simply just mostly just tomato. I mean, there's yeah. not sugar and oregano and, and, and all sorts of other things right and it's Into not cooked it's fresh right. i mean we just we put it right on the pizza fresh it's not mm -hmm. a cooked sauce the cheese is lightly distributed right so you're some bites you're getting mostly sauce some bites you're getting mostly cheese so you're experiencing all the different parts of it mm -hmm. um and i think that just um but it's also not for everybody yeah that's you know we get that all the time mm -hmm. you know this is too soft mm -hmm. it's too dark it's to whatever, which is mm -hmm. totally fine. And my, my response to that is always, that's what's so great about a town like Dayton, is there are so many kinds of pizza here. Right. There's something for everybody. And right. I'm totally okay if ours is not for you. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, that's fine. I mean, I want to make pizza for people that love what we do. Right. And uh, um, for some people, you know, people come in and ask for our pizza square cut. I mean, I'll really? square cut it for you because they think that's a Dayton thing. I mean, Dayton, you're supposed to eat pizza square cut. I'm not sure why, but people come in and ask for it. We kind of say, well, you know, it doesn't really uh, work that well that way. But and then I do it anyway, oh, you know. Geez. But yeah. but yeah, but it's it's everybody has what everybody has what they like. Well, clearly Dayton loves you guys, uh, and I've seen in another interview or two that you've done. I think, or I don't think you said, or at least they quoted you saying. Yeah, you know how that goes. I can't imagine what I but, said. Yeah, you were surprised. Yeah. Probably delightfully surprised at the quick success. Well, yeah. Why were you surprised? Uh, I mean, it, I don't know that it always works out that way. 
you know? I think more than ever now in today's restaurant environment, it works out like that. I mean, I think you know pretty quick. Mm. And it's either, a, it's either like a, the, the town receives it and they're waiting in line or you're like, this is gonna be a slow burn. Yeah, but I mean, every, a lot of places are gonna be busy at first. You know, mm. it's this, this sort of sustained busyness. I mean, we're not a small restaurant. I mean, it's a pretty good size. It's, it's pretty a big, big building, it's yeah. a pretty big restaurant. And to keep it full is, you know, always a goal. And, uh, you know, one of the advantages that we had early on is we just, um, we've been here since 1999, uh, mostly because of my wife. We know a lot of people, you know. I'm probably not as personable as, or as, uh, um, as uh, much of a social networker as she is. Right. But we had a tremendous, just it was amazing when we, when we started the place, how many emails we had of just people that we knew from organizations we've been a part of, from yeah. friends groups that we had in our life. And so we had this huge, we had this great starting point. That's we had cool. this great starting point of people to communicate with to tell them what we were doing. I think that that helped us as much as anything. But um, it was, you know, in the beginning, you had to explain a lot. You know, we don't, that's what I feel has changed. You don't have to explain so much anymore what we're doing, right. you know? But in the beginning, it was a lot of like, why do you only have one size pizza? Why don't you have pineapple? Why? Is it, why is it floppy in the uh -huh. middle? You know, all, there was a lot of explaining going on. Yeah. And um, it doesn't seem like it's like that anymore. People kind of understand they what- They get it. They, get, they kind of get what we're doing now. And, uh, um, well, and the response has been good. I mean, so we talk a little bit, uh, season one of the podcast, we're trying to focus a little bit on downtown and it's working out really well. But there are families like mine where uh, for kids and maybe one of the spouses wants big mature trees and land and <laughs> downtown doesn't offer that yet. Right. So people are always yeah. like, why don't you live downtown? Well, because they don't have one acre lots. Yeah. Right. And so you do, you, you migrate sort of down or up to the suburbs in my case, down South and well, lucky you, I know we get really excited when yeah. announcements come out about second locations. Yeah. And so, um, can you talk a little bit about sure. that? I'm yeah. really excited. I know the Centerville, just to tell you, as someone who's on the ground, uh -huh. it's a buzz. Good. So people are excited. I'm glad. And everybody already knows like where it is yeah. and like when it's opening, which I don't even know that. Yeah. But, so so uh, yeah, we're, we, were, we were super excited. And I, I always said, uh, um, you know, everybody would always ask me, what are your expansion plans? Mm -hmm. Like, are you gonna plan on growing? And, I mean, this is like my joke answer, which is, you know, I always said if we were, if we got to a certain point and we were successful and our family was all still speaking to one another, <laughs> then we would open a second location. And luckily that has happened. Good. And so we, uh, um, we are opening in Centerville. Uh, well, technically Washington Township. It's yep. right on the border. Get used to that. Yeah, I know. Get used to that distinction. Yep. yep. It's Washington Township. Yep. So, um, and uh, it's in what used to be the ironically Centerville fireplace and patio. Yep. You know, I tell people it's right by where planet smoothie used to be. Yeah. It's right next door to where planet smoothie used to be. Yeah. So, um, and we're in the process of remodeling right now I was there yesterday and cool. walls are starting to be framed and cool. we're totally transforming that building. And I hope that we're going to do something with that, that I think when we remodeled this, that people were sort of surprised. They're like, oh, I never expected. I've been driving past that building for years. I never expected that. And right. I think, I hope it's gonna be the same thing out there. I think it'll be a real transformation. Cool. Um, we're probably looking at uh, sometime in September. Wow, so soon though, very soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's soon. Pretty I mean, soon. Summer, people always say it makes summer goes nervous. like that. And it does, yeah, to, it does, so. it does. I mean, you know, we originally, we'd always wanted to be open 
by the time school starts. But that's, you know, it's just, these things take time. You know, they're, they're complicated and they take time. And, um, but it's, it's fun to do it again, though, because um, you get to do some things that you might not have thought of the first time. Right. So, and we are, but it's going to be the same. I mean, it's going to be, so it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the same menu, same environment, yeah. same big tables, same wood-fired ovens. One of all the that stuff. one of the voids that I see in the Dayton area, which you guys uh, sort of filled that void in some ways, is just indoor outdoor garage uh, doors. Yeah. Are you going to be able to do that there? We're going to have garage doors there. Cool. Yeah, we're going to have garage doors there. We're not going to. Ha- there really on that lot is no. There's no. Uh, there's no place to actually at this point. We just came up with an idea yesterday while we were standing there, but there's no place in the near future to put uh, an outdoor patio. Right. But uh, one whole side of the building is going to have garage doors that nice. are all going to open up. So when and weather permits, when weather permits, like a patio. It'll, it'll be yeah, it'll be awesome. it'll be it'll be nice inside, and uh, it's also going to be big and airy, and it's going to feel it's going to feel really good in there. Awesome. And um, you know, we always wanted with this one, it, it that one even more than this one. When we're we always thought that we wanted to be a place where people could just come and know that they're always going to be able to come and get a table and it was going to be easy right and honestly i never thought that we would get to the point where on four nights a week we have to actually have somebody standing at the line seating people because we just have to manage the the flow of people that one there i mean i'm not sure if we'll get to that point as well but there's a few more there's it's there's more seats in it And, um, it's, it's, but I think that if we might, I mean, of course I'm incredibly nervous about it, but we've got a proven thing. And I think if, again, if we hire the right people and we follow our philosophies and we do what we do here, I think we'll be successful there too. You can be nervous. That's totally okay. But I'm going to be the optimistic one for you. (laughs) I'm optimistic too. I just, the reason why I say that is, and maybe you can shine a light on this as we sort of wrap up a little bit, but like. In a town like Dayton, so big, small towns all around the Midwest, yeah. it feels like when we get the, and I don't have a better word for you, but the cool, experiential restaurants, breweries, coffee shops, even like boutiques, yeah. right? Retail stuff. They trend downtown, which mm-hmm. is great. We all, that's part of the reason we're doing the podcast. Downtown is back. Downtown is on its way to an even higher level. Yeah. We all love that. But then a lot of us go, why doesn't anyone ever do like a cool concept in the burbs? Right. Also, which is where a lot of people are, which is where so many people are. And like I just described a little bit earlier, like a family like mine who hustles around and doesn't really cook dinner. It's so much easier for us to drive five minutes and grab something at a cool place than it is to drive 20 minutes or whatever and deal with parking and getting kids in and out of the car. Yeah. So this is the first (laughs) of many, I think, or hopefully many in the Dayton area, like migrations from downtown, but also into cool. the suburbs. Yeah, I think that there. I think that the reason there's a. I don't know. There's reasons that people come downtown first. Uh, it's real estate. It's part mm-hmm. of it. Part of it is, you know, it's it's really tough to find an interesting building in the suburbs. Yeah. You know, that's always a hard thing. It's like, well, everything looks like a strip mall, and even the thing we're going into looks like a strip mall right now. Hopefully, we're going to fix that a little bit. Cool. But. Um, you know, I think that people just have this vision of older buildings, industrial spaces for cool stuff. Yep. And I think that 
but I, but the reason why I'm most well, the reason why I'm excited about about Washington Township is that um, that niche I talked about earlier, that sort of um, ultra premium and ultra casual, and that place that that place that is a solution for families. Mm-hmm. It, that exists out there ju- just as much or more than yeah. it exists here. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and not that we're only for families. I mean, obviously, that's what I do. I see reviews sometimes where people will say, you know what, there's actually a lot of kids running around here, but you can always sit at the bar and it doesn't feel like it. Right. You know, the bar is a totally kind of different full service experience. So yeah. we've got all of that going on. So I think that. Anyway, I think that it'll be, I don't think it'll be exciting out there. Yeah, and you've got that in mind sort of as you craft yeah. that new space. Yeah, we're doing, we're, we're, a lot of the things we've learned here, we're taking them, we're taking them there. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, to someone who hasn't yet been to Old Scratch, the first time they walk through the door, what do you hope they experience on that first visit? Well, I, I mean, I think primarily I hope that, um, I hope that their expectations are exceeded or that they're surprised by what they that by what they find. I mean, I think they're going to come here expecting to have a find a pizza place. And but what they're going to find is they're going to find a pizza place, but that gives an equal level of attention to all sorts of other things mm-hmm. and they're going to be surprised that they can get um, that they can get whole roasted heads of cauliflower, that they can get, you know, delicious uh, meatballs, things they've never heard of, like stracciatella, which is a cheese dish, that they can get all kinds of things that they might not be familiar with. And that, and I hope that what they're going to experience is that they're going to come in with some preconceived notions, like I don't like picnic tables, or I'm not sure that I, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 like, I like deep dish pizza right. or whatever. And what I really hope they come away with is they say, um, you know, that felt really authentic mm-hmm. and that the people that I talked to were really nice, Yeah, you know? Um, and if they walk away and they say, you know what, that all felt really well thought out to me, you know, and the people were really nice, that would be, that would be success for me. Yeah, the people's, I mean, business 101 is hire great people. And it's yeah. just such an important piece of a restaurant. I mean, our philosophy is, I was upset at for a long time, and I said, we hire for nice. Like, uh-huh. you can train anything else, right. but you can't train nice. Right. So. That's awesome. Yeah, so one of the things that I think people are surprised to see when they're here at, at Old Scratch is that there's soft serve ice cream. And I read on the website to get more information about it, but talk about cones for a cause and how that's impacted your business. Uh, Yes, it was really uh, um, Stephanie, my wife's idea. Um, We wanted to have dessert and of some kind, but like the whole format doesn't make sense because you got a line that you're ordering in and how do you get people back in line? And we're just like, we just want something sweet that people can have. And so we do, we, we decided on this soft serve ice cream thing and I said, well, how are we going to do that? Like, are people going to come up and give us some money? Like, are we going to, how are we going to charge for it? Like, and it just all seemed very complicated. And Stephanie was just like, well, let's just let people, let's just give away the ice cream. Wow. And let's let people give donations for it. I said, great. And it is really like snowballed into something else entirely. I mean, we, so we've, you know, we're however many months into this now, 24, 30 some months into mm-hmm. this. And 
um, you know, we've raised a lot of money. I mean, we've raised since we've opened in 2016 almost $75,000 for local charities. Um, and it's really, I mean, obviously we're we're doing part of it. I mean, but what we're really doing is really a funnel for getting letting the community donate to other causes that they might believe in. Right. But um, and I think that it has been one of the best thing. I mean, it's been a symbiotic relationship with all of these organizations, yeah. but it's um, it's really one of the things that makes I think every I mean, I think everywhere you go, you know, that, that when people need communities are typically there. I think Dayton is particularly strong in that way. I think that Dayton has a lot of and we've seen it just with the tornadoes here recently that Dayton yeah. just comes alive for the um, members of their community. Yeah. And um, I think that for us something as simple as ice cream has really turned into sort of one of the cornerstones of our business Neat. and um, we've been able to make a big difference. And so you way. pool the money monthly? Every month we have a different charity partner mm -hmm. and we, um, they have 100% uh, um, of the ice cream donations. Every dollar that you give for, towards an ice cream cone goes to that organization. Right. Um, plus we do a percentage of sales on one night of the week, which okay. is a takeover night. Some places do takeovers. There's a lot of, you go to restaurants and there's always like some sort of a takeover Absolutely. going on once or some sort of a charity thing. Yep. We do it once a month and we really like to dedicate ourselves to making a big impact for one local organization every month. So yep. through Cones for a Cause and through a pretty significant donation on that one night of that takeover, um, that's how we like to help and support the community. Um, so, and it's, and it just gives us clarity about, yeah, awesome. about how we focus on people. That's so great. Uh, so, if you haven't been to Old Scratch Pizza and Beer, uh, it, their downtown location on Patterson is so beautiful. It's this awesome, huge industrial building with natural light and video games and communal tables, which make it easy for large groups and for families. And it's like, what, two minutes from UD's campus? Yeah. If that, it's two or three right minutes. Right around the corner. Yeah, it's right here. So get to Old Scratch Pizza and check it out. And uh, thank you, Eric Absolutely. and Stephanie, too, yeah. uh, for just sort of all that you're doing for the community and for coming to the suburbs soon and all that stuff. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Awesome. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed our conversation, share it with your friends. Uh, take a screenshot on your phone. Post it on Instagram to your story or to your feed post a shot on Facebook, please help us spread the word about New Dayton. You can also subscribe to the podcast. You can leave us a review. And I want to give a special thank you to Katie Matthews for producing and editing the podcast. And a thank you and a shout out to John Waldron, who created all of the music for the podcast. Also, last thing, if you have a guest recommendation, please connect with me on Instagram chip underscore james or email me at chipjames at gmail.com oh and one last last thing check out the website choosingdayton.com forward slash new dayton thanks again